everyone. Good morning. Uh, it is 9.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific Time. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning, which is August the 29th, 2021. And time just keeps flying along here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started in a few minutes after we play our musical selection for the morning. And that selection is Pass Me Not by Douglas Miller and the True Way Choir, um, Church of God in Christ. And if this doesn't wake you up uh, this morning, then perhaps nothing will. So I'm just letting you know right now. So here comes uh, the music. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Take care. Good morning, good morning to everyone joining us. Anna and Larry, good morning. <laughs> this will wake you up. Are getting haven't woke up yet this morning. Hey, Arlen, good morning. <laughs> I've never heard a peppy version of Pass Me Not. That's probably what it is. Presence. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Is this the song you're going to play in the concert later tonight? Good morning. <laughs> this might bring back memories for Brother Nate. Amen. 
sweat. <laughs> I'm just going by the music. That's all I'm doing. Now, okay, that is, uh, that was, excuse me, Douglas Miller and the True Way Choir uh, with Pass Me Not. Uh, we want to make sure that we are giving credit to the True Way Choir because they were singing on that. And uh, Pass Me Not, thanks again, Arlen, for the musical selection this morning to get us started for uh, another edition of Live Stream Sunday School. Thank that you for doing musical that. Musical Adrenaline. Musical Adrenaline, says my bride, yes. That is adrenaline, all right. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> so, so we'll get started. We'll get started. That's like electric shock uh, to get you going here. So I don't want you to spill anything there. Sorry. Um, I wasn't going to. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were because you had something in your mouth. I wasn't sure. Okay. Let's get it on here with the Sunday school. <laughs> it's just too much going on. Um it's um, hey, it's a great morning. I said it's a great morning to laugh and smile and enjoy this day in the Lord. That's what I'm, what it's all about. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for being here. Um, we are uh, going to cover a, a relatively important subject here in Sunday school, but let's do some announcements first to make sure that we're getting things together. Good morning, Beverly. Beverly, uh, thank, nice to see you this morning. First of all, um, we will be indoors at church today. Um, Pastor Gus is preaching and will be speaking today, and he also will have online available for those who are not able to uh, join us at church, his message for the day, A Better Covenant. I highly recommend you listen to it. <clears throat> it's a great message he's picking up from where he had left off a couple of weeks ago, and it is, um, uh, it's a continuation of the messages, but he's got some great passages to look at, and, and I, I challenge you to find, find the time to follow along and and uh, put some likes and comments on his efforts as well, too, online, because it's very important. One thing we realized last week, and it was just kind of a uh, random thing, I can see a count of the number of people who are online, but it's not really an accurate count. There are actually many more people who look at um, Sunday school, uh, perhaps when we're not on, or as well as our messages online as well, too. And I just want to make sure that you're if you are, uh, know anyone who is having difficulty right now with finding a church or getting involved with a church, uh, recommend us. I mean, we've got online content. It's very, it's very important to do that. And we recommend that you uh, just share the word about Akron Alliance and how we're trying to just keep staying in the word and staying with truth. And, and uh, I appreciate you doing that as well, too. But indoors this morning at church, uh, masks are recommended. Uh, there will be temperature checks at the door. We uh, also ask that you um, consider your tithes and offerings as well, too. There will be a drop box at church. Uh, for those who are not coming to church, if you want to mail your tithes or offerings, the address is Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And this afternoon at 5 o'clock uh, at church, we are going to have an ice cream concert with uh, ice cream uh, social with a concert. Excuse me ice cream concert. Uh, it's ice cream social with a concert. Uh, <laughs> let's get it right. And uh, that'll be at five o'clock today. It's going to be warm today. Uh, I strongly encourage those who are coming to the ice cream social and concert to dress very comfortably. Uh, we also recommend that you bring lawn chairs and bring your off uh, for, for mosquitoes and stuff like that too. It's going to be pretty warm. I don't necessarily, unlike in the morning, uh, you can stay in your car, but I would recommend you try to come outside and, and sit and, and enjoy the concert. I think it'll be much more beneficial, and it'll also be uh, great to, for the uh, people who are preparing the music for us as well, too. Okay, um, I believe that covers the announcements. Uh, this is going to allow us to launch into our Sunday School lesson today, and it's going to be in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 12. It's an, a very interesting subject. We are still in the area where we're talking about who Jesus Christ is as far as his being in charge of the... Uh, he is greater than the priesthood, the Old Testament priesthood that was mentioned in the, um, uh, in the Old Testament, of course. And the subject matter is about making sure that we are not falling away from the Lord. 
Um, warning against falling away. I, I think that's a very important subject to make. You have to understand something. We are always in a constant struggle. There's a constant battle that we're in. Uh, from the moment you declared yourself as Lord, uh, as a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you, you entered into a new battle altogether, a new spiritual battle that is going to be very important uh, for you to recognize. And good morning, Jackie. Hi. I just want to make sure I noticed uh, Jackie jumped on. Thanks for being here. And and also, um, uh, we'll, just keep, we'll just keep going here, but just to stay focused on what I'm doing. So we're going to make sure that we are recovering this and talking about uh, the dangers against falling away. That's the most important concern that we, uh, we have, and that's the warning that's being given here by the writer of Hebrews to the, uh, the Hebrews who declared themselves to be believers in Jesus. But we'll talk about that a little bit more, too, because I think we want to make sure that we don't make a whole lot of assumptions here. Um, we, we have to make sure that when just because someone says they follow Jesus Christ, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a believer in Jesus Christ as Lord. That's something that's very important for us to keep in mind here. So words do mean things, of course, but we also need to understand that Jesus Christ knows the heart of every individual who makes that declaration, and he knows who's telling the truth and who's just kind of fudging or not being truthful about those things. That's a tough thing to recognize and a tough thing to reconcile for some of us. Um, but it is true that we need to look at that. And the reason why we do that is because the evidence is necessary about a question I'll ask you later on here. Let's go ahead and get started with the reading of this, but we'll start with a word of prayer. And here we go. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to just quiet our souls now, quiet our spirit, and let us allow, uh, allow it to listen and that we can listen to him as far as what he wants to tell us and give us as far as information. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now, and I pray especially right now for myself just to slow myself down and allow you to speak. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. I thank you for what you're doing in the very present. Lord, I know that you have a great future ahead of us, and we know that the best is yet to come. But until then, Lord, give us what we need to be able to fight and stand firm in the faith as we look to you and recognize who you are. Lord, I just thank you for your very presence this morning. We give you praise and thanks in all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. And I'm just making sure that I'm even doing what I'm telling everybody else to do, make sure that I'm slowing down and breathing properly because it's pretty important for me to uh, make sure that I have it all together and not pass out. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so thank you for your patience while I go through that. I, you know how it is, everybody. When your mind is racing and, and there's just things that are all kinds of things you want to talk about and you just can't say it all at one time, and you have to pace yourself. So thank you for your prayers as we go through this. Let's start with Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. We're going to read from the New Living Translation and follow along in your version. It is a, a passage that, is, in all seriousness, needs to be treated in that manner. It's not anything to, to goof around about, so let's be very clear about that, uh, because it's, it's a serious subject, and there's a lot of application for us right now. Let's start with verse 1, Hebrews chapter 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. <clears throat> let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Verse 4, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up 
to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things that come with salvation. Verse 10, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Okay, that's Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. And one thing I have noticed about this particular passage, especially when you go down into verses 9 through 12, those are very long individual verses, which is something that you would recognize if you went back to the Old Testament. You would see how a lot of those verses may be uh, a couple of sentences or a long sentence. And this particular section is very, uh, it's very important to look at that, and we, we will look at that later on in the end. It's kind of a summary of what we've been talking about here in the first part of the passage. Let's go back to verses 1 and 2. And, and this is something that we, we've got to look at this from the standpoint where the essence of the message here is that even though we're talking to people who are new in Christ, there are some basics that should have been covered as they are learning about Jesus Christ. Back to verse 1 and 2. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, we need to understand that this is not saying that these teachings are not important. Not at all. We're not saying that at all because ultimately any new believer has to be exposed to all of these very things. But there comes a point where people who are experienced are supposed to be experienced in the Lord, don't have to go back over basic teachings, the fundamental teachings. Um, this is what we were talking about before. When we were talking about you've got, you're, you're only able to take in milk but not solid food. You shouldn't be stuck on the part where you're only taking in milk. That We should be beyond that. Um, when we went to school, we were happy to get out of sixth grade and go to seventh grade because there was a transition, right? You're not, you don't want to go back over it again if you don't have to. Uh, that's the whole point. You, you want to keep moving forward. You want to keep growing and learning more. And I know from a personal perspective, when I went to seventh grade and sixth grade was a totally different experience for me personally. Learning, I had a lot more to learn about English and syntax and context and making sure that I could do uh, better creative writing, all kinds of things that I learned in seventh grade that I didn't know in sixth grade, even though I was in major work in sixth grade in, in the Cleveland system. I'll keep that where it is. Uh, but seventh grade, I learned so much more about English and, and how to write and how to represent things. And we have to understand that we have to be progressing in our Christian faith. We have to be progressing in our knowledge that's the reason why we tell people to read and study every day, to go, to keep going in the Word. You're going to be reading over passages you've read before. There's no question about that. But the Holy Spirit seems to know exactly what you need to, to learn moment by moment when you are exposed to Scripture. A different way of seeing things, a different way of looking at things, not out of context with Scripture, but in such a way where you have greater understanding. That's the whole point of this. The Holy Spirit has to teach we know what the basics are, the importance of faith, the foolishness of being trying to be saved by good deeds. You know, you can't be saved by your, your works. Um, baptism, spiritual gifts, the resurrection, facts behind that, eternal life. Those are all the basics. We need to mature now and go away from that area and move on to not forget about it, but just move on to something else. And this is where you as a believer... When you have someone who's new in your life, you're going to have to teach them those things about baptism, about salvation, 
those things you need to know anyway, right? But to mature in your faith, you have to be learning more, teaching others about the basics, but being able to grow and mature in your faith. That's what's being said here. The challenge was, was that if you're getting more mature in your faith, it's going to prevent what we're going to talk about a little bit later on here, and that's the aspect of falling away. The more you get mature in your faith, the more greater understanding you have about the Lord Jesus Christ, you get to mature. You get to grow. And you're growing not just in the knowledge of the Word, but growing in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's how you develop your own friendships, right? You get to know friends more and more as you learn more about them. And those really good friends you hang on to. And there are friends that you may have in your life. You know, they may be more than acquaintances, but there is as a season of some of those friendships where you don't really get to know a whole lot about them. You know of them, but you eventually move on from them. Well, one thing that we have to be cautious about is that we don't want that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to make sure that our relationship with Jesus Christ continues to grow and grow more and more each time we get into the Word, each time we are in prayer, each time we go to church, each time we listen to messages, each time we hear this, the promptings of the Holy Spirit speak to us, there has to be a maturation, a maturation of your faith, learning more about God, learning more about His Word. That's what's important. And so in verse 3, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 6, it says, And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Now, God willing means it's in God's will for you to learn and grow more in his word. It's, it's in his will for you to grow in understanding, the wisdom and understanding that comes through God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit speaking to you. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to be involved with. The Christians being written to here, the Jewish Christians, needed to move beyond the basics to have a greater understanding in their faith of Christ. They had to understand that he was indeed the high priest. He was indeed the one who fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies. That's what we need to make sure that we're understanding here. All of the Old Testament prophecies. And so we see this as we look at that passage in the summary of, of verses 1, through, 1 and 2 in verse 3. So understand, again, the conflict that's going on here between Judaism and Christianity. Because there was a conflict. The conflict was that Judaism was the old law and Christianity, or following Christ, was the new law, the new covenant. Which is exactly what uh, Pastor Gus is going to be speaking about, about this new covenant. It's a new thing, and some people have a hard time with new things. I mean, I, if you get right, get right down to it. If you're used to something old, if you're used to, if you're used to being in a certain congregation or a certain church that you grew up in for many, many years, and you're used to old ways of doing things, perhaps you're old, you're kind of involved in whatever rituals those churches were involved in. A new thing or a different church is going to be tough to accept sometimes, or tough to get involved in. When really the challenge that we all have is to throw off all of that stuff and just go right back to who Jesus is and look directly to Him. And don't let those things distract you or take you away from your growth and knowledge. If you were a Jehovah's Witness, guess what? You're going to have to make a clean break from that to come over to Christ and have the total understanding of what God's Word is. And understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's not just a prophet. He's much more than that. Well, that's a huge change for a lot of people. And so we need to understand that and understand that the challenge is there, even for the... Uh, the Jewish Christians there, they needed to depend on Christ and live effectively for him and depend only on Jesus Christ as their high priest, as they would uh, regard him. Okay, let's go to verses 4 through 6, back to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven, and shared in the Holy Spirit, verse 5, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, verse 6, and, then, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. 
Now, let's go back to this and look at it also from a historical context, but this was like a stopping point for me in my study uh, about something that's very important here because we're, we're looking at something here that may imply some things, including a believer in Jesus Christ losing salvation, which is something that uh, came to mind as I was studying this. But look at it in for context here. In the first century, a pagan who investigated Christianity and then went back to paganism made a clean break from the church. But for Jewish Christians who decided to return to Judaism, the break was less obvious. Their lifestyle remained relatively unchanged, but by deliberately turning away from Christ, they were cutting themselves off from God's forgiveness. Now, and that's a very important thing for us to understand here. Those who persevere in believing are true saints. Those who continue to reject Christ are unbelievers, no matter how well they behave. Now, I, I have to take this commentary and kind of massage it a little bit because it's kind of leaving out some details that are really important for us to understand here as it comes back to this passage. First of all, the question comes up, were these people who were, as it says back in verse 4, as it, it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who turn away and who then turn away from God, it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Now, what kind of rejection are we talking about? You've been exposed to what? The people, the, the, the truth about Jesus Christ. You have information about who Christ is. He is Lord and Savior of your life. He is giving you uh, the freedom to live in Christ. But what do you as a person still have to do to make sure that you are fully involved with Jesus Christ? Because if you're wavering back and forth, you still haven't made a decision about Jesus Christ. If you're still wavering back and forth about, I'd rather be in under Jewish law, under the law. One thing I've told people uh, at different times, no matter if you're Jewish, no matter if you're Catholic, no matter what faith you come from, if you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life and truly believe that he is Lord, all that other stuff doesn't matter anymore. It's no longer about Jew or Gentile, is it? It's about Jesus is Lord of my life. And that's always where we have to come back to. That's always what we need to go to. That's always what we have to reference when we look at this. So you may experience the good things. You may be told about those good things. But is it a real experience if you don't acknowledge Jesus Christ? Now, one thing we have to make sure that we are teaching here in this particular section, and I don't want to neglect this, and this is, again, just a plug for gotquestions.org because this is what, if you have a question about something, you can literally ask the question and they'll answer it for you because it's a very rich database of information. And the one thing we want to make sure that we're understanding here is that are we talking about people who are born again? Are we talking about people who are really saved, who are being exposed to this teaching? Remember, all people can sit under teaching. It doesn't mean everyone accepts the teaching. All people can be exposed to teaching. Just like if you go to college or go to high school, a teacher can teach you. But do you accept the teaching? Do you believe the teaching? Do you understand the teaching? Do you want to go deeper than that teaching? Because nobody should be taking anybody's teaching at face value. You should be also doing your own research. And guess what? It's a matter of the heart that you believe no matter what you're exposed to. I don't care what it is. It could be teaching about widgets. It could be teaching about cutting grass. Uh, there are certain things that there are truths and, and things that you have to believe as you look at these very th various things. You have to embrace the teaching. You have to say this is what makes sense. This is what's acceptable. And Jesus Christ, of course, is no exception to this. That is why we want to make sure that we're understanding. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. Period. There's everything that supports that in the word that expresses that very thing. You can't lose your salvation. 
you are a new creature in Jesus Christ. And, and, the, and there are passages that you can look at that support that. A Christian is redeemed, um, 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. These are all passages you can look at to support the fact that you're justified in your faith because you believe in Jesus Christ. You no longer have sin that can condemn you. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin. That's all taken care of. And there's much more that comes with that, including eternal life. You're glorified because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. He helps to teach you as you go along. In the flesh, you're not able to do any of those things. In the flesh, you might be wavering back and forth. Old way, new way. Living the old way, living the new way. This is what we need to understand here about this particular teaching here. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is that, look, you've got a, a danger of falling away and kicking away God's promise to you if you fail to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what we need to understand about this particular teaching. You cannot neglect Jesus Christ and say, well, he's a prophet, he's this, he's that, but you can't come back away and say, well, because I don't know if he's my Lord and Savior yet. Well, you better know. That's what you need to know. That's ultimately what has to happen. Jesus makes it profoundly clear and easy and simple for us to acknowledge him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to go to God, you have to go through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has to be acknowledged as Lord and Savior of your life. There's no way of getting around that. And we have to understand that Jesus had a mission when he came to earth. His mission was to not condemn the world, but that people would be saved if they acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. That's ex essentially what this is all about. And I see some new names I'm just going to mention pop up here. Sherry, Greg, thanks for being here. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, again, Jackie, thanks again. I appreciate you all. I really do. But these are very, very important points for us to understand here about what this particular passage is saying. What the writer of Hebrews is saying, and perhaps it's being done almost in a sermonette fashion, don't say that you've tasted the goodness of God's word and then turn away from it and re reject it. Now, do we turn away from the word on occasion? Yes, we do. We turn away from the word all the time when we sin when we have thoughts that are less than good, they're evil thoughts. We have to make sure that we are listening to the Holy Spirit. And Gus actually says that in his, this very thing in his message uh, that's coming up uh, online as well, and, and you'll hear it live too. You need to turn away from those things and re acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life to give you the reminder, say, this is not something you should be doing. He gives you, he nudges you, he tells you, this isn't right, and to repent, and to turn away from it, and to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. We don't deliberately ever want to turn away from Christ. We don't want to turn away from him deliberately. We're not like pagans. We should know better, but ultimately, if you reject Jesus Christ as Lord, guess what? You are condemning yourself, and that's why we need to understand that. Uh, you can't lose your salvation if you acknowledge Christ as Savior, but... Remember what we said at the top here, we're in spiritual warfare all the time. We're in a spiritual battle. I do know of believers and people who are in the Lord Jesus Christ who have committed suicide. This is a, a, a truth. There are people who are, that I have known from my past, from, from life, who have committed suicide because they, they could not particularly handle the stress, the pain, whatever it was they were going through at that time. Now, the only thing that I cannot answer, and I won't be able to until that such time as I'm there, did they actually acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord? I, I believe they did, but ultimately it comes down to it's a matter of the, being the matter of the heart. You and only you know if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You and only you. I can speculate. I can guess. Speculation and guessing is not going to matter one iota when it comes down to your salvation. You have to not acknowledge that for yourself. And that's the warning that is being given here by the writer of Hebrews. It could be Paul. We're not sure. 
but it's consistent with some of the teachings of Paul as well, too, in other parts. But he's just saying, don't kick this all away. Make sure that you're focusing on Jesus Christ and growing in your knowledge of the faith and growing in such a way where you are not going to put yourself out to pasture, put yourself out where you won't be able to come back to him. Now, again, coming back is a, is a strong issue to make here. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're here. There is no going backwards. You have the Spirit working in your life. He is teaching you. And that's very important for us to understand. Now, can a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, turn away in such a way where he can uh, say he denies the Lord? Well, his salvation may be secure, but he may be such a damaging testimony to others that he'll cut his own life short. And I've seen that too. So these are things that we need to recognize here. God is still going to be, he is holy, and he will not be mocked. He will not be denied. He, his, his word will be carried on with or without you. And understand that if you mock God, he is not going to be very patient with you. And it's a very, very dangerous game to play. And that's why I said this is a rather serious lesson to learn here. Um, it's a serious lesson to learn for all those who are within the sound of my voice. Mocking God is not a good idea. If anything, you need to understand that, and there and understand something too. There are a lot of people outside of the of uh, believers. This world mocks God all the time. God is mocked constantly. Uh, you, you you'll notice that the persecution is often against Christianity, against Jesus Christ. It's not so much against even other religions. It's it's against Christ Himself. God is mocked constantly uh, in this world today. And so you wonder why this world is scuffling so much with wars and rumors of wars and strife and the persecution of Christians, Christians trying to be rescued from Afghanistan, and the threat that faces them is either beheadings or uh, being burned alive. These are things that are real. These are things that are happening today. These are things that are going on right now. And we need to recognize that and understand that why such an attack against Christians? It's because it's an attack against Jesus Christ. It's, it's about your faith. So you are in spiritual warfare. We are very blessed to be in such a place where we can practice our religion freely. But hold on to that thinking for a little while longer because it may be de deteriorating to the point where we're all going to face some real challenges and we're going to have to decide exactly where we sit when it comes to our faith. Um, Jesus Christ also talks about in Scripture how people will deny their faith for the sake of keeping their lives. Uh, that is something that is a real thing. It's a happening thing right now. It's a matter of understanding that that's what's taking place. So I say all this to bring pause to this whole subject about making sure that you're secure in your faith, that you're strong in your faith, that you do indeed believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. If you believe those things, guess what? You're secure. Whether you live your life here, if you, if you live your life here and die, you have eternal life with him. Your future is secure. The best is yet to come. And we need to keep that in mind as we talk about this. Verse 6 was also pointing out the danger of the Hebrew Christians returning to Judaism and committing apostasy, which is exactly what uh, the danger is. A lot of churches... A lot of people who go to church have already been in, involved with this apostasy, where they've just gone away from the faith and denied it. They're involved with teachings that have nothing to do with following Christ. They have, an, they have more to do with following yourself, elevating yourself, saying that you're a true God. You don't need anything else. You have everything you need to live in such a way and live in peace and harmony. That's a false teaching. Um, I'm saying it very uh, adamantly because I've seen this over and over again it's a false teaching you would not have eternal life if it were not for jesus christ dying on the cross for you you are in the flesh if you think that you have any kind of a spirit that rivals god we are indeed the holy spirit is what makes us holy we don't do anything for ourselves we have to understand that it's the spirit that makes us holy we don't have any capacity to make ourselves holy we only have to trust in Jesus Christ and we experience 
holiness and we learn more about what it is to be holy. Jesus tells us to be holy because I am holy because we ain't holy without him. He has to tell us that. He has to prompt us with this thing. That's what we have to understand here. This is what the writer of Hebrews is telling those, those Hebrew Christians. Don't be guilty of apostasy. Understand that those who renounce their um, Christianity may not have ever been believers in Jesus Christ because they think that something else is better than Christ, period. That's what it comes down to. So they may not have ever been believers in the first place. Understand that. There are people who go to church today. Is everyone a believer who's in church? We know of stories, and I've heard stories, of people who have been in church for 40, 50 years, and then one day they show up and say, I need the Lord. So they've been exposed to all this teaching for 40 or 50 years, and finally the Lord speaks to them and says, it's time. It's time. It's time for you to make a decision about me before it's too late. Make that decision. And that's why when we make those calls to the altar every now and then where people, we, we try not to, we don't need to scare people into accepting Jesus Christ. We just need to give them the truth and let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work on that. We don't need to scare people. I mean, the reality is, is that the, the greatest punishment for any person who is being created by our Lord is eternal separation from our Lord. Eternal separation. That's the greatest punishment. Yes, the hellfire is there, uh, but the separation is the greatest punishment. And that's something that every person has to decide what they want to do when it comes to that. You have to make a decision. We, the challenge that was being given here in verse 6 is about making sure that people were not renouncing Christ. And as we get down to verse 9, we'll look at that a little bit more uh, in this passage. Okay, let's continue because our time is rushing by but i wanted to cover that section as being very important and as a little bit of homework go back and look at and just ask the question can a believer lose his salvation now that's it's a discussion between calvinism and armenianism we're not going to get into all that but just look at the basics about that about can a believer lose his salvation go back and do research on your own go to godquestions.org and take a look at it i i highly recommend that and you'll find that the verses are going to help you with this, answering that question and be very clear about it. Be confident in your salvation. Be confident in that Jesus Christ has you. He loves you. He wants you to have this fellowship with him so that rather than staying in the basics, let's continue to grow in our faith. Let's keep studying, going, more, going further and further ahead. Back to Hebrews 6, verse seven, verses 7 and 8. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears its thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. So it's an analogy from agriculture. It makes a very simple point. Real seeds, which if you remember, the gospel is actually what we're referring to in scripture about those real seeds. Um, if they're given genuine care by the farmer, God, and planted in a fertile field, your heart and life, you're going to produce a bountiful crop, which is going to lead to what? Spiritual maturity. Not only will you be mature, you will also lead others and give them information that helps them to learn more about who Jesus Christ is. There's maturity in this growing. We marvel when we go by uh, a place locally here in the, in the national park system. It's called Zelays. They, they grow corn. And, and we marvel at how the, the corn has grown so quickly this season. I mean, shoots of corn just shooting up out of the ground and ready to be harvested. And if you ever had Zelaya's corn, it's really, really good. It's like the best corn you could eat. Very fresh, very, it's very crisp. If you cook it just right, you don't want it to crisp, cook it so much that you cook the crispness out of it. You want to be able to bite down on it and enjoy those nutrients as well, too. It's delicious, but it grows so quickly. Well, guess what? Seeds had to be sown to grow that corn. It had to be tilled in the soil, had to be made fertile, and it, it, the, the, the shoots that come up out of the ground, uh, it's a great analogy for what happens in our lives as believers as we mature, as that corn matures, and in the same analogy, we mature in our faith. And that's what makes, makes it all the difference in our lives. And so it's a great analogy to look at. And if you are unproductive as a believer, 
God's not going to embrace that. He's going to condemn it. We, we need to understand that we have to stay obedient to his word. We have to stay obedient to his faith. We have to stay fertile uh, and allow him to continue to nurture us, water us, give us more seeds to continue to grow and develop. And that's what has to happen in our lives. We have to be able to you know, embrace the abundant teaching and preaching. Those people who have been in church for 30 or 40 years, they've been taught abundantly. They've been given all the information that they need. And if they don't get it there, they go home and they read and study themselves. So we have to recognize that you have a decision to make about being productive or useless to Christ. Productive in Christ or useless to Christ. Your life needs to bear fruit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Joy, peace, patience, et al. All of those things, that's what should be coming out of your life. That, those are the fruits of the Spirit. Guess where those fruits had to come from? Seeds had to be planted. Had to be nurtured. There had to be growth. You had to mature from milk to solid food. These are all areas and signs of maturity. That's exactly what we need to recognize here. Okay. Small time crunch. Let's see if we can get to it here. Verses 9. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll make it. Verses 9 through 12. Uh, dear friends, even though we were talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. Now, this is very important for the writer of Hebrews to mention this. He's putting the warning out there just in case there are people who are paying attention to what he's saying that need a jog and need an understanding about what they should be doing and how they should be following Christ. But I love how he ends it up and he says here, Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we don't really believe, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident you are meant for better things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that will you that what you hope for will come true. Make certain. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. We endure our faith because we know that there's a promise that God has, caught, has told us and that he, he intends to keep it. And we believe his promises. That's why we do it. It's when you falter with believing in God's promises, that's when you want to you know, dive off and go somewhere else. You're not confident at all in who Jesus Christ is and what he has done to redeem you. So, and what that means is, is that we don't need to get discouraged. We need to stay, stand firm in our faith. In spite of those spiritual battles that we go through, we have to stand firm in our faith. Jesus knows all about us and what happens. He knows that we can be discouraged and sometimes very easily discouraged because things happen in our life to discourage us. But God doesn't forget what you've done. God doesn't forget who you are. God knows exactly who you are as a believer in Jesus Christ. He's there for you to stand firm. That's why we talk about putting on the full armor of God before. You put on the full armor of God so that you can withstand the fiery arrows of Satan and stand firm. You don't need to retreat. Just stand firm. That's the whole point of this because God has the rest of the battles won already. Just stand firm. Remember, Satan is fighting in such a way where he knows he's going to lose, but he's not going to give up. He's going to keep fighting. That's the whole point here. He already knows he's lost. Okay? He knows he's lost. But we sometimes need to make sure that we don't get sucked into that and think that we're playing and losing. We're not losers. We're winners. We're on the winning side. Stand firm in the faith. Stay the course. Trust Jesus Christ. And make sure that you're paying attention to what he's doing for you. God knows the efforts of love. He knows your ministry. He knows how you've been communicating with other people. He really appreciates that and he will affirm you in your faith there are many times where even in the midst of difficulty he affirms you and says i got you i'm with you i'm right here i know it's tough right now stand firm i'll be right here with you 
and just keep moving forward. And that's exactly what he does because the indwelling Holy Spirit teaches you. He acknowledges your service. He bolsters you up because you're going to face disappointment. You're going to face rejection. You're going to be rejected. But understand that the rejection is not because of you. It's because of Jesus Christ. What did we just get through saying earlier? Christians are going to be attacked because Satan wants to defeat the very people that Jesus Christ loves. And that's you and me. He wants to see you scuffle. He wants to see you wallow in misery. You don't need to ever wallow in misery. You need to just trust in Jesus Christ and stand firm in the faith. That's the challenge that we have as believers. I challenge you as individuals when we look at this teaching back again to verse 12 then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent because you shouldn't ever become dull and indifferent you should be standing firm in the faith you'll be following the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their what? faith and endurance you're trusting that what Jesus is teaching you is truth you have faith that mustard seed of faith sometimes gets us through just a little bit of faith. Just trust in Jesus Christ. You will endure. It's one of the most important things for us to see as we close out this particular section of Sunday school. Don't fall away. Stand firm. Stay the course. And remain faithful. Amen. Father, thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for keeping every single promise you've ever made and the promises that you will be uh, keeping to come that involve our very eternity, involve our very fellowship and time spent with you. Lord, you're with us right now because of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be faithful and yield to the Spirit. Help us to take direction from the Spirit. Help us to know the courses of action to take each and every day as we make decisions and move according to your Spirit and to your will. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. Thank you for the reminders that you call us to be mature believers. You call us to learn more. We don't stop, we don't ever stop learning about your teachings and your truth. Lord, there will come a time when we will have that time with you in that eternal place of glory. But until then, Lord, gird us up, help us along. Help us to stand firm and stay the course. Help us, Lord, to remain faithful. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, everyone, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Uh, John, good morning. John Bailey, thanks for being with us again today. I uh, hope you come back. Uh, everyone is welcome, of course, to our live stream Sunday school broadcasts. Uh, we're going to be heading out to Akron uh, for church. God bless you all and take care of yourselves. Please stay online and look for Pastor Gus's message, A Better Covenant, following Sunday school. Uh, stay on the same timeline here on the Akron Lions Fellowship Facebook page. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.